0: This episode of Jewish Songwriter is brought to you by Temple Israel of the City of New York, a welcoming family of families devoted to community and repairing the world, located on Manhattan's Upper East Side. With an early childhood center, religious school education through high school, weekly musical services, and an inspiring array of social, educational, young professional, and Israel-centered programming and trips, you're sure to find your home in this warm and inclusive community. To learn more, check out www.tinyc.org. That's tinyc.org. Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, shining a light on the people and stories behind contemporary Jewish music, one song at a time. I'm your host, Sheldon Lowe, and now on to the show. This week's Jewish songwriter is Ellen Allard. Hello, Ellen. Welcome to the podcast. Hey there. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great, thank you.
0: I don't know how many years ago, three or four years ago, and maybe at this point, you and I both got a little stranded at the Pittsburgh airport. At the airport,
2: airport right.
0: And I somehow we were at the that. same gate. We were on different flights, right? Yeah. With dif- uh-huh. the same gate. Yes. And you were like, I have to share this new song with you. <laughs> and so you pulled out your guitar at the gate, and you song led uh, to the gate agent, a couple other passengers.
1: Oh, gosh, yes, I remember. <laughs> what was the song? I'm well, I'm blanking available. on
0: it right now, but we can go back to Facebook yeah, and, and because I, I posted yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Most people listening will probably know who you are. But for those who don't, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a, a Jewish songwriter?
1: Uh, I guess I would go back to... The mid-70s when I got my bachelor's degree in music performance as a pianist mm. and also music education at Boston University. And my first four years post-college, I taught music in the public schools. I did that for four years, elementary, vocal music, K-6, through and when I was finished doing that, it happened to coincide with the time that I was moving to another city, and when I moved, I took the opportunity to go to grad school, and I got a master's in early childhood education. When I finished that two years later, I then moved to the uh, Hartford, Connecticut area, and I found myself in various volunteer capacities teaching music, either in a secular early childhood setting or uh, at the JCC in West Hartford. And that sort of catapulted me into performing, though I didn't know it at the time.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: I was teaching as the music teacher at the preschool, and over the course of a number of years, I was approached by parents to do birthday parties hmm. that ultimately morphed into a parent approaching me and saying he was part of a woodwind quintet and asked me if I had ever considered performing. And when he asked me, I said, what are you talking about? I'm not a performer. I'm a teacher. And he said, no, no, no you're a performer. So I, I'll cut to the chase and I'll tell you that I actually paid him. I, I wanted to get as much experience and information from him as I could. And he helped me begin my journey as a Jewish songwriter and performer. And from there, I just did a lot of performing and songwriting in Jewish settings.
0: Tell us a little bit about you know, what music you have put out since you became a Jewish songwriter and what your current trajectory is.
1: So, I started actually in my recording career. I actually started as a secular songwriter and recording artist. Somewhere in there, and I don't remember the exact chronology, but I think it was in 96 or 97, I found a folder of songs. There were about a half a dozen songs that were Jewish songs that I had written when I was teaching music at the JCC in West Hartford. And I wrote them out of a need because I, I, there wasn't a lot of really usable, user-friendly, child-friendly music for Jewish holidays. So I wrote them. And, I you know, I stuck them in this folder. And then years later, I think it was about eight years later, I was cleaning up some files and I found them. Hmm. And I thought to myself, after I had already released a couple of CDs, I thought, wow this would be great as a personal, almost like a vanity project to just write the remaining songs for the holidays I hadn't yet covered uh-huh. and then put out a CD and it would be something, you know, I'd give to my my grandkids, my kids and my grandkids. So, um, so I did that and I wrote, I finished the songs and I released the CD called Sing Shalom Songs for the Jewish Holidays. That was the very first Jewish CD that I did. And I honestly, again, did not mean to do anything with it, but Somehow, I think somebody recommended that I send it to uh, someone who was distributing at the at the time. I sent it to this company, and she loved it, and she sort of helped me start promoting it. And then I sent it to Cage. At the time, it was not New Cage. It was Cage. Mm-hmm. And Judy Kaplan-Ginsburg accepted it and offered uh, myself and my partner a slot to, to perform and to teach. Mm. So I did that. And then it just, for me, I, I really remember that. CD, Sing Shalom Songs for the Jewish Holidays, as the starting point of my really being a Jewish singer-songwriter.
0: How would you describe yourself? Like, what is your one-line pitch about who you are as an artist?
1: Well, who I am as an artist is very much morphed with who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. I think that, and and I feel strongly that I got this from my upbringing, from my parents, Mm -hmm. and that's that I think that the most important piece about me that I bring into my world is that I be a nice person Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you I'm 100% nice all the time you know I have my moods and my Mm -hmm. my um my down times my pity pots but for the most part I think it's really important to just be a nice person Mm -hmm. and that comes before anything else Mm. comes before being a good songwriter a good musician Uh, it just is to be a really good nice person and it might sound simple but I think that's a, a good way to go through life uh, and then I also think that my songwriting is extremely influenced by my experience as a pianist. I think this is something a lot of people don't know about me: is that yeah, I, didn't I know. yeah, I'm a classically trained pianist. It's what I went to college for. Mm-hmm. I started playing piano when I was five, and my parents and my piano teacher had dreams of me going to Juilliard. She taught at the Manhattan School of Music. Mm-hmm. I, I could have gone that trajectory, but my parents really ultimately didn't want me to be in New York City. They were okay with Boston, but no, not New York City. <laughs> my life might have been different had I gone to Juilliard or yeah. the Manhattan School of Music. Right. But anyway, the the experience and the training that I had for all those years, right, from the time I was five moving forward, was playing Bach and Beethoven and Mozart and Brahms and Rachmaninoff and, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and. And so my fingers and my whole body resonates with that kind of music. And so I bring that to my songwriting.
0: Hey, it's Sheldon here, just interrupting to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle, who makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. I've tried all of the major template-based sites, and the reason I use Banzoogle is because the whole platform is really built for musicians, with features like a free custom domain name, a commission-free store, unlimited download codes, and an email list platform for managing your list, sending targeted emails, and analytics built right into your subscription. You can click the link in the episode notes or go to Banzoogle.com and use promo code JewishSongwriter, all one word, to try it free for 30 days and get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's promo code Jewish JewishSongwriter. Banzoogle, websites built for musicians by musicians. Let's talk about your song, How Good. Do you have any good, strong tips for how to teach it or how to use it? Um, that you've just found to be really successful in your experience using it?
1: Sure. Well, one of the things that I like to do with it is to build it. Mm-hmm. I always start very slow, almost out of tempo mm. in a way. It's almost hard for a band to play with me the first iteration mm-hmm. of it when I'm performing or using mm-hmm. it in, in a worship service because I tend to do it kind of out of tempo.
0: Mm-hmm. And that you, you start with of, the A section or the B section? The English or the Hebrew? The Hebrew. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I start with that, and I, I'll do the A and the B section slowly. And then when we come back the second time, I pick it up and do more of a, a definite tempo with it.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: still slow. And I, so in terms of this piece of it, I I can often do it four or five times. I Last Friday night, I did it, I think, four times at a worship service.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if I had my way, I would do it more because I think it's good for people listening and singing to really dig into it and not to just rush through it. Mm-hmm. And you really sort of almost, I think, become one with the song if you're allowed to really, yeah. it's almost like a nigoon that is mm-hmm. sung over and over and over, right? So I think that that song lends itself to an audience or a, or a congregation really becoming sort of one with the song by allowing them to sing it over and over and over. It becomes part of their skin.
0: Is there a way that you frame this song? Is there anything in terms of Hine Matov or the way that you've composed it so that not just learning the song, but learning the Kavana behind the song? Is there something that you do to introduce it?
1: I watched the, um, the nightly news with Lester Holt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched that, but um, hmm. at the end of his um, program, he almost always says, thank you for the privilege of allowing me into your living room. Mm. And I love that concept, right? That's, mm. I, I, I want to say to him, Lester, th- did you get that from me?
2: Uh. <laughs> you Because know? I've been <laughs> pretty
1: much saying that for the longest time. It's just, uh, you know, oftentimes this how good is at the beginning of a service. And so I'm getting people that are just starting to get to know me. So mm. I will want to say, before we do this song, I just want to say how very privileged I am to be up here on this pulpit, on this Bima, or on this stage, singing for and with you, hmm. I'm grateful for this opportunity. So having said that, I want to do a song that kind of expresses how good it is for us to be all together in peace. I love that. And that is really, you know, a way. I, I, I love t- saying thank you to people before I even get further into the service or the concert.
0: I'm going to start using that. <laughs> no, no, I it's up? yours. I'll be it <laughs> to you.
1: You can tell Lester if you ever see him.
0: Thanks. <laughs> So um, let's talk about you, uh, Ellen Allard, the songwriter. It seems like every single time I talk to you or see a new video of you, um, you've got a new song that you're ready to share. So can you talk a little bit about what your songwriting process is? How is it that you write so many songs and so quickly? Sure. Sure.
1: I yearn to be the songwriter who has a process. <laughs> I wish that I were. And one of these days I'm going to stop fighting it because I really don't have a great... My, I'll tell you what my process is. My process is somebody says, I need a song about X, Y, and Z. And I know that there's no song about X, Y, and Z
2: mm-hmm.
1: or that I haven't written one yet. And I just start marinating in it. I like to use cooking references because I love to cook. Mm-hmm. So I start sort of marinating in it. I might look up other... Uh, I might go to Wiki. Is that what it is, Wiki? Sure. Um, Or I might go to YouTube or just do a, a Google search and just sort of start to surround myself with the words and the ideas and the thoughts and the pictures about that particular subject. And then before you know it, it's all kind of gone into the pot put some chicken in the pot. You know that song? Mm -hmm. It's all gotten into the pot and it's marinated for a while. Could be a day. It could be a minute. It could be a month. It could be a year. And then somehow the song just kind of comes out. Oftentimes I'll write the chorus first. That almost always comes out in one fell swoop. Mm. And then I might even get the first verse. And then after that, I have to sit down and massage it, do a little bit more work to finish it. But um, it's not like I sit down and go, okay, I'm going to write a song today. It just, that's rarely how it happens.
0: Do you sit in front of a piano or behind a guitar when you write? Or are you strictly like pen and paper or computer and voice memos?
1: Mostly voice memos. Mostly it's in my head and I can't get it out fast enough. Mm -hmm. And it gets onto my phone without a guitar, without the piano, Mm -hmm. most of the time. Not 100%, but most of the time. And then I just have to get to an instrument to make it come out sounding like something.
0: Do you have any um, any tips for either beginning songwriters or maybe even, um, you know, professional songwriters that you found along the way?
1: Well, certainly I have my share of dreck <laughs> that has never made it out of the voice memo app. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's a lot of stuff that I'll, I'll put down. I'll be driving in the car and I'll think of something and, and make a voice memo of it, forget about it and then listen to it a day later, a month later, a year later, and go, oh, gee, what was I thinking of? That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> and um, usually I'll delete it because it's embar- I'm embarrassed in front of myself that I could have written uh-huh. something so horrible <laughs> or so silly and insipid. Um, so uh, I think one piece of advice is just you got to practice the craft. You have to write it and write it and write it a million times. Um, I was influenced very strongly by a book I read about, ooh, I want to say 30 years ago. Um, called Writing Down the Bones mm-hmm. and it's a book by Natalie Goldberg mm-hmm. and it's a book about the process of writing and uh, this is back before laptops You know, there might have been laptops but I didn't have one and uh, her recommendation was to sit with a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil and write and you do not lift the pen off of the paper at all, Mm -hmm. which means you don't go back and relook at what, you know, you don't edit, you don't cross out, you don't erase nothing. You just, and even if you have nothing to say, you write, I have nothing to write. I have nothing to write 20,000 times. Mm -hmm. And eventually the idea is that the block will get unblocked and you'll write something. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I really first, I think, started to understand the process of writing. Mm -hmm. And that was back 30 years ago before I was even writing songs, I think. Um, so one piece of advice is just to write and practice your craft and do it over and over and over Uh, another really helpful tool is to listen to other songwriters and examine what they do and sort of take it apart almost dissect it Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know so that you understand what other people do Uh, whether it's the Beatles or um, Beethoven uh, you know or a Broadway musical just listen to the songs and uh, notice what that songwriter did in their craft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just practicing writing a song, writing, writing, even to take a song or a subject and write three different songs. Write three different songs. One of them is bound to be good. Maybe you'll have three songs that you'll take a little bit of this one and a little bit of that one and a little bit of this one and you'll marry them together somehow, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that... um, practicing your craft and giving yourself grace yeah is a really important piece of advice mm-hmm. uh, we oftentimes get our egos in the way mm-hmm. I'm, I'm as guilty of it as the next person and we can then say man i, I I suck. I'm not going to keep doing this because I'm so bad at it. Mm-hmm. When maybe you just had a bad day, or just it was just not a great song, or or I also think of it as compost. Right. This is another way to give yourself grace mm-hmm. is to say, okay, that song. Eh, I might not use that song, but that's a stepping stone,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it, maybe I have ten stepping stones. Maybe I wrote ten not so great songs, but the eleventh song is fabulous. Mm-hmm. and you might not have gotten to that 11th song had you not go, go, gone through the 10 prior songs, mm-hmm. right? So I think we have to give ourselves grace and know that uh, this is a process and that composting is a big part of, of getting to something that's going to be really good.
0: So, all right, you ready for lightning round?
1: I
3: am.
0: Okay, so here's the rules with lightning round. These are questions that I'm going to ask you quickly. I want one-word answers, and I don't want you to think. The first thing that pops on your mind. That's what makes it fun. Okay. What is your favorite breakfast cereal? Oatmeal. What's the last song you listened to?
1: Oh, uh, I Will by the Beatles.
0: What's your most used emoji? Oh, the heart. Flat heart or shiny heart?
1: Mm, flat red heart.
0: Uh, your favorite TV character? Oh, let's see. Well, for, ooh,
1: right now I'm loving Escape from Dunamora. Does that count Escape at Dunamora? I'm watching that series. It's whatever I've been watching last.
0: Okay, but who's the character?
1: The character is—I'm—I'm I'm actually really okay. I know I had to be one word. Um, Sweat. Sweat. His name is Sweat. Yeah. I
0: haven't—I haven't watched the show. Okay. For me, it's Miriam Mazel right now. Oh, but...
1: I love that one too.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, who would play you in your biopic?
1: Probably Lois from Sharon Lois and Bram.
0: What's the song you wish you wrote?
1: Beethoven's Ninth.
0: Wow. Nice. <laughs> not even close to anything any of the other answers i've ever received and in the most awesome way (laughs) i just want to say it is always 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 such a pleasure and joy to get to speak with you i want to thank you so much for giving me so much time and in um and for agreeing to be on this podcast and um you're you're just, I have the utmost respect for you and what you do. And I always, always look forward to every interaction I get to have with you. So um, until next time, when we get to meet in person and uh, just thank you so much.
1: Thank you. The privilege has been all mine.
0: This is How Good by Ellen Allard.
2: Inema to vomanaim shavat achim gam yachat inema to vomanaim shavat achim gam yachat
0: for this episode of Jewish Songwriter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. On the next episode of Jewish Songwriter, hi, this is Rick Recht. Jewish Songwriter is produced by Sheldon Lowe, edited by Ben Mazek of Industrial Strength Productions in St. Louis, Missouri, and distributed by Hallelujah Music. Until next time, keep writing out there, and thanks for listening. I'm singing hallelujah,
2: hallelujah, 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 hallelujah Allelu,